Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, February 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Robert Tracy is the first chief from outside the ranks of the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. He says that gives him a unique perspective on everything from recruitment to promotions and contract talks. It's very important for me to be part of it because there's a lot of things that I might see that's going to help the organization. We'll have a conversation with Chief Tracy and our Rachel Lippman in just a few minutes. A trademark infringement lawsuit could determine if an urgent care center is named after black lawyer and civil rights leader Homer G. Phillips. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, advocates say developer Paul McKee's use of the name is an affront to Phillips's legacy. Community leaders gathered at beloved Community United Methodist Church over the weekend to object to McKee's efforts to keep the name for a health center. Phillips was a black lawyer who fought for a well-funded black hospital in North St. Louis. After city leaders opened the 728-bed Homer G. Phillips Hospital in 1937, it trained the largest number of black nurses and doctors in the country for decades. Wale Amusa is a member of the Change the Name Coalition. It opposes McKee's use of Phillips' name. He doesn't have to steal the legacy of black people in order to make profit especially when that name, Homer G. Phillips, has been trademarked by the Nazis' alumni. McKee could not be reached for comment. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis's mayor is planning this week to sign what she calls the city's largest investment in road and pedestrian safety. In a statement, Tashara Jones says the measure should calm streets and put St. Louis on the path to a mobility and transportation master plan. Street safety is in the spotlight following a crash yesterday at South Grand and Forest Park that left four people dead. Four others are listed as critical. Last weekend, a teenage athlete from Tennessee lost both her legs after a driver ran through a stop sign downtown. She was walking back to her hotel when that crash occurred. The departing chairman of the Missouri Democratic Party says candidates in 2024 will not be successful without access to robust campaign donations. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explains, though, money may not be the cure-all for Missouri Democrats' woes. Missouri Democratic Party Chairman Michael Butler is leaving his post at the end of the month. And while he says his party made gains in 2022, winning more elections in 2024 will require access to more financial resources. We're at a huge financial disadvantage. And, you know, Democrats hate to talk about money. Both parties expect GOP Senator Josh Hawley's Democratic opponent will have access to lots of money next year. Kyle Kondik of the Virginia-based Center for Politics says it remains to be seen if that helps Missouri Democrats break out of their statewide slump. We rate the race safe Republican, so we just have to see if it, if it develops. Republicans hold every statewide office in Missouri. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. A suspect in the killing of one person and the shooting of a police officer in Dupo has been found dead. Police say they entered a house in the St. Clair County community after a roughly nine-hour standoff and found that the suspect took his own life. The police officer is in serious condition following surgery. That officer's name has not been released. Police plan to release more details later today. The Illinois Arts Council Agency is taking a closer look at how grants are distributed through an air equity lens. 
Board Chair Nora Daly says the organization is working with the National Assembly of State Arts Agencies on a new equitable grant-making assessment. So it's a really an exciting project that I think will inform the agency in the future. The Illinois Initiative mirrors a pilot program in Ohio. It focuses on funding distribution for the arts among rural areas, communities of color, people with disabilities, and low-income communities. Daly says the information will be valuable in figuring out where Illinois is with art funding support now and where it wants to go. The Blues have traded another holdover from their 2019 Stanley Cup winning team. Ivan Barbashev is being sent to Las Vegas in exchange for former Golden Knights first-round draft pick Zach Dean, who was playing junior hockey in Quebec right now. The deal is another sign the Blues are in transition. The National Hockey League team also traded all-star Vladimir Tarasenko and Captain Ryan O'Reilly this month. Both were key parts of that 2019 championship. O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev will be unrestricted free agents after this season. When he took over command of St. Louis Police on January 9th, Robert Tracy became the first chief from outside the department's ranks. He spent the past seven weeks meeting with community and political leaders and getting certified as a police officer in Missouri. He tells St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman that he's found a lot of hope as the city addresses violent crime. Absolutely great police officers, uh, great community. Uh, The officers are doing an incredible job. And uh, I'm just bringing in some different strategies uh, and building off the things that we have in place. And hopefully we can get to where we need to be. And I've been in other places where, uh, just like this, where people uh, were a little skeptical, but over time we were able to get to where we needed to be. What has emerged in conversations with both public stakeholders and political stakeholders as your top priority to address? Well, obviously, in, in any city, it's going to be violent crime and, and gun violence. Uh, you have to work on what are we doing with people that are carrying uh, guns? What are we doing with people that are doing illegal things and crimes with firearms? It's not prohibited for juveniles to be carrying firearms in the state. Uh, there's, there's open carry, concealed carry. So we have to look at those things, and if they do commit crimes while they're carrying those firearms, uh, you have to make sure that we're following up with really good cases, and if they're doing carjackings or robberies with them, uh, that you know, there is consequence, and we got to follow up with those cases. And then, obviously, we want to look to see how we can prevent a shooting or a murder, and if one does happen, do a really good investigation uh, to bring closure to the families and bring those that are doing this in the community, they don't do it again, and bring them to justice. So you've mentioned a few ways in which the Missouri legislature has made it difficult for police departments to address firearms. How are you dealing with those challenges? I think these are unintended consequences. When, when, when you think about these things, nobody puts laws in place to think that, hey, this is going to cause more problems. Uh, but it is a reality, especially in urban cities. So what we got to do is uh, we got to make it a priority that those are going to pick up a gun and, and uh, they're going to do violent things with them. Uh, we got to make sure that they're held responsible and then we find out what's going on in their lives, that either it's intervention, prevention, uh, reentry, and then try to do things that we can somehow help them out of crime. But if they want to continue to cause problems in our community and victimize our communities uh, with firearm violence, then there has to be consequence. What are some of the changes in the month and a half that you've been here that you've started to implement that you hope will gain traction? 
So we're getting out of that pandemic area by everything's done by Zoom. So think about that, getting everybody in the same room, making sure that uh, we, we're breaking down the silos in the police department and, and everybody physically being in the room, being responsible, talking of course division lines uh not that it hasn't happened but this is a more formal setting being in the same room i'm looking at the way we we've done promotions there's a lawsuit where we haven't had promotions done in a while for sergeants and lieutenants uh, i'm looking at that with the city as an outsider i'm fresh eyes on things can we get this moving these are the needs i have uh, i've been pulled somewhat into the, with the contract talks i can't talk about that but it's very important for me to be part of it because there's a lot of things that i might see that's going to help the organization how we're going to do recruitment i've already talked to the department of personnel and how we can work together and we can take more ownership in recruiting and uh, you know what my expectations are making sure that i'm getting out having these conversations like i'm having with you what my expectation or what my vision are and then keep continually update everyone what will be your philosophy on sharing information with the public uh, about incidents of officer misconduct well as a police chief uh, my job is to make sure uh, I'm going to be responsible for the behavior of our police officers. And I want to make sure there's a thorough investigation on any type of behavior that we do to make sure we can continue to build the trust with our police officers. What we can release and when we can release it, we got to be very careful that as we're doing an investigation, we're not compromising the investigation. People want information too quickly. So uh, sometimes we have to say, you got to trust us. Let's see what the outcome is. And a lot of times a thorough investigation will clear an officer as well from any type of wrongdoing. So I want to go both ways on this. You'll be working for a new public safety director. What challenges does that bring and also what opportunities? Uh, A public safety director is is, is a support role that works on not just policing, but fire department, license and inspection, other divisions uh, that oversee some of the, there's like six, seven other units. Uh, so I would, I'm willing to work with anyone. It's like having a deputy mayor that I would have to work with. And you know what, they're in a support role, but, but uh, we'll support each other. And uh, I'm a professional person, whoever comes in, uh, we'll work well together. I know you're obviously a Yankees fan growing up in the Bronx. Is there room for the St. Louis Cardinals to become your National League team? Well, I'll tell you, if they're not playing the Yankees, yes. But if we get to the World Series, wouldn't that be great for, for everyone? That was St. Louis Police Chief Robert Tracy speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman. We have a longer version of that conversation at stlpr.org. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Before wrapping up, it's been a historic weekend for the newest professional sports team in St. Louis. Second corner. Here comes Parker, and it's into the net. Strike that one up as a slice of St. Louis soccer history. That's how it sounded on Apple TV Plus Saturday night when City SC scored its first goal in its Major League Soccer debut. Tim Parker becomes the answer to the trivia question, who scored the first goal in St. Louis City SC history? St. Louis defeated Austin 3-2 in Texas on Saturday night. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.